Amen. Thank you for that good praise time. If you have your Bibles, be finding the last book of the Old Testament, the book of Malachi. The book of Malachi. Just go to the final book in the Old Testament. You'll find the book of Malachi chapter 1. Our key verse is verse 11. But I'm going to read for background verses 8 through 11. Malachi chapter 1, beginning at verse 8. When you offer blind animals in sacrifice, is that not evil? When you offer those that are lame or sick, is that not evil? What if you presented these to the governor? Will he accept or show favor, says the Lord of hosts? Malachi 1, or uh, chapter 1, verse 9. And now entreat the favor of God that he may be gracious to us. With such a gift from your hand, would he show favor to any of you, says the Lord of hosts? Oh, that there were one, verse 10. Wish there were one among you who would just shut the doors that you might not kindle such fire on my altar in vain. For I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts. I will not accept an offering from your hand. Verse 11 is our key text. For from the rising of the sun to its setting, my name will be great among the nations. And in every place, incense will be offered to my name and a pure offering. For my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. In verse 11, he says that in every place his name will be great and incense will be offered. Um, in the Old Testament, here I think this is a key to understanding the Old Testament, you have an elementary book that's teaching with pictures. You know how you learn, teach children a lot of times uh, you teach you begin to teach them to talk with pictures. And so in the Old Testament you'd, you had a priest who would go to the tabernacle or tent where God would dwell in, in Israel and they had a veil that separated them from the presence of God but they had a table in front of that veil and they would offer up incense. Now that was a picture. Incense smells good and it rises upward and it's a picture of prayer. So he's teaching them that when you come to God, come in prayer, come in praise, come in worship. That's why David, who, who grasped this, says in Psalm 141.2, let my prayer come before you as incense. He also mentions a pure offering in verse 11. Uh, in every place incense will be offered, that is prayer will be offered. And in every place a pure offering, a pure offering well, what's a pure offering? In the, in the Old Testament, you would take a lamb that was without any blemish on it. 
and it was our sacrifice because it took the place of the sinner and it died in judgment. But you couldn't bring a blemished animal, a dying or sick animal. So in the New Testament, this was a picture of the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ who takes away the sin of the world. And he would die on a cross and shed his blood for us to take away our sins. So when he says a pure offering will be offered, 1 Peter 2.5 says you are holy priests offering up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. See, we offer, we come, we offer our songs, we offer our gifts, we offer our service, I offer my messages up to God. And we all know these are defective in one way or another. And, but we offer them, they're acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. That's, so that's the pure offering. So he says, uh, the Jewish worship is defective. You're bringing sick animals. But my name will be great among the Gentiles, among all the other nations. And they will bring true incense, pure prayers, pure offerings to me because they're going to be brought through Jesus Christ. Now, at first, when I, when I was looking at this, this is one of those... Un, little known prophecies in the Old Testament. And I thought, this is kind of gloomy here. Um, Look at verse 10. He says, Oh, that there were one among you who would just shut the doors. Don't kindle fire on my altar anymore. I will not accept an offering from your hand. I'm done with it. It's kind of a almost like a defeat. And you have to remember the history of the Old Testament. Remember, this is Malachi. This is the last book in the Old Testament. And Jeremiah wrote about the Jewish worship. Jeremiah 7, 25, he says, From the day your fathers came out of Egypt, that's the Exodus, back in the book of Exodus, he said, From the day your fathers came from the land of Egypt, I sent all my servants, the prophets, to them day after day, and they would not listen to me. From the time of the Exodus, he says, you didn't listen to me. You wouldn't obey, and I sent prophets to you. Ezekiel 5, verse 6, is even worse. Ezekiel the prophet says, she, talking about Israel, has rebelled by doing wickedness more than all the nations more than all the countries around her. Man, these are supposed to be God's chosen people. But here's their history. They wouldn't listen. They embraced idols. They disobeyed God's commands. They wouldn't listen to the prophets he sent. From the day they came out of Egypt, they they had become worse even than the pagans that surrounded them. So Malachi, the last book, shows God saying, you know, I, I wish somebody just closed the temple down. This is useless. 
You're bringing these sick animals. It's not worthy of, the, of your saying, I'm a great God. I'm the creator. I'm the redeemer. And he says, but the nations, they will offer incense to my name and a pure offering. So it seems at first like God has conceded defeat. He has quit the field. Uh, but actually, a grand plan is unfolding. We realize when you look at this, he is going to turn this defeat into victory. He's going to take the the rejection of Israel and its temple worship and turn it into national, international worship. So it's not just one nation, it's many nations. He hasn't quit the field. He's expanded it. He's bought the whole farm. Instead of just one time a day when they burned incense in the mornings, he says, wherever the sun rises and sets, all day long people will be able to pray. Instead of just one nation, the nation of Israel in the Old Testament, he says, I'm going to many nations. He knows that plural. Not just one, but many. And instead of one place, just the temple... He says it's in every place people will burn incense, pray to me, and bring a true offering. And instead of defiled offerings, they will bring a pure offering. In other words, God is going to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. In church history, this passage of Malachi 1.11, it's not well known to us. In fact, there's probably not a whole lot of people today who's ever seen this prophecy. It's written 400 years before Christ. But in the early church, around three or 400 A.D., after Christ was resurrected and Pentecost and churches took off and the New Testament was preached, uh, they used to quote this as a proof that Christianity is the true and only religion in the whole world. I want to give you one quote. I've got a half a dozen of these guys, but I want to just give you one quote from a preacher named John Chrysostom in 350 A.D. Here's what he said. Tell me, you Jews, when was this prediction, talking about Malachi 1.11, when was it fulfilled? When was incense burned in every place and a pure offering given to God? He says, you cannot cite any other time than in the New Testament because Moses commanded offerings should be only made in the temple at the place chosen by God. That's in Deuteronomy 12. But here, Moses speaks only of Old Testament sacrifice Malachi speaks of the new, that is the lamb, Jesus Christ, our sacrifice. 
they used it and they hammered Old Testament Judaism to show that the Christian faith is the flower, the fruition, the maturity of the faith of the Bible. And that God has not only gone from had one nation, he's reached out, he's broken through into all of humanity and swept Gentiles into the kingdom as well. Let me just give you, with the time I have left, three quick attributes of God that I see here that deserves our praise. One is his wisdom. If God can take the defeat of Israel and the disobedience of an entire nation in their entire history and turn it into the salvation of the entire world, there is no problem you have that he cannot turn also into victory. You're small potatoes. Whatever problem you got, if he can take one nation's constant disobedience and turn that and transform that into a worldwide faith, a global victory, then he can do many things with your problem today. The wisdom of God, he'll figure it out. So we come to him. Take, for example, the worst crime in history. What do you think that would be? If you had to guess, what's the worst crime mankind ever perpetrated on another human being? The crucifixion of Christ. He was, he was a sinless, the sinless son of God, worthy of worship, who went about, Acts 10 says, doing good, healing the sick, raising the dead, blessing the children. What did he do wrong? And they crucified him. And yet, what did God do with that worst crime in history? Turned it into the great redemption story of the gospel. Now, that's the wisdom of God. That's why Paul said, 1 Corinthians 1.24, to those of us who are called Jews or Greeks, Christ is not only the power of God, he's the wisdom of God. There you see the wisdom of God. Somebody said, God is better at saving than we are at sinning. Amen to that. He's smarter than our sins and our deceptions. God is divinely brilliant. And he will not only figure out a way to resolve our issues, every single one of them, but he will more than resolve. He will glorify his name in a magnificent manner through him. So the wisdom of God is seen here. Also the greatness of God. Look at Malachi 1.11 one more time. In every place, incense will be offered, prayer, and a pure offering that is through Christ. For my name will be great among the nations. One translation says, my name is great. One temple was not big enough for God to dwell in. He had to multiply his churches throughout the earth. One nation 
was not big enough for God to save. He had to save many others. Listen to Isaiah 49, verse 6. It is too light of a thing that is too small. It's not heavy enough. It's too light of a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and bring back the preserved of Israel. I will make you a light for the nations so my salvation may go to the ends of the earth. See, it's like Israel is God's chosen people. Okay, I'll give you that. But it's too small a thing, God said, to just save Israel. I'm going to send you to the nations because I need something heavier than that. I need, I need a vision bigger than just one nation. You all have heard me um, talk about the Christian faith and how it's growing throughout the world. I wanted to give you um, some pictures of some of the largest churches in the world. This first one is in Nigeria, if you can make that out. This, this church seats 50,000 people, <laughs> a little larger than our congregation. Here's another one in Nigeria. This is said to be the largest church in the world, seats 100,000 people. They're thinking about a second service. <laughs> this third one is in Zambia. Um, it seats 25,000 people. The thing about Zambia, I wanted to put this one up here because uh, Zambia has declared a new constitution. This is back in 1996 in which they are now a Christian nation by constitution. Over 90% are pre professed Christians in Zambia. I am a great God. Israel is too small. I'm going to break out and go to all the world. This fourth one is in India. This is the only Baptist church that's, I could find that's large. <laughs> the rest of them are Pentecostal. This, this, is a, this fourth one is in India. It took 10 years to build. Seats about 9,000 people. So the greatness of God is seen here. He has taken defeat, turned it into victory. He has taken one nation, turned it into a worldwide faith that encompasses all the nations. One more quick thing. Not only the wisdom of God and the greatness of God, but third, I see here the love of God. God loved even Gentiles. Praise God. I don't know if we have any Jews here this morning. We have some uh, in the early service, but I don't know if we have any here today. But I want you to know God loves you. You Gentiles. Just like he loved Moses, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. David when he killed Goliath. Solomon when he sat on his throne. God loves Gentiles just the same. Little, our uh, dear lady at our early service, she's been uh, to Mississippi. 
her granddaughter had died. And uh, this, the granddaughter was about 40 years of age and devoted Christian. And she had a five-year-old daughter. And so they went down to the funeral, and when they got back, she called me, and she said, uh, my little, this beautiful little five-year-old girl, she now goes out at night and looks up at the heavens because they've told her that her mommy's in heaven. And she looks up at the heavens, and she blows her a kiss. Love you, mommy. Good night. See, God loves the Jew in Israel, and he loves that little girl in Mississippi. Aren't you thankful? Aren't you grateful that that's the kind of God that we serve? That he loves the little girl in Mississippi the same as he loved that Jew in Israel. And he loves each of you here in Michigan. All the way up to Michigan. I mean, I can see Mississippi. That's God's country down there. (laughs) But here in Michigan, here's a word for somebody this morning. Isaiah 54 verse 8. In overflowing anger for a moment, I hid my face from you. But with everlasting love, I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. Brief moment, you experience wrath, but everlasting love is what comes next. So was God out of ideas? Was he idle? Was he defeated? Did he take on more than he could handle? No. Rather, he's building a platform on which he will show forth his wisdom, his greatness, and his love. So we can come to a God today and give full vent to our gratitude that whatever it is in our lives, whatever sorrow has broken our hearts. He's a God of victory. Defeat is only apparent with God. Can I get an amen, church? Amen. Amen. All right. Let's worship this God with our tithes and offerings. Ushers, you come, and Bud, give us a closing song. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you today for... Uh, just blessing us and opening our eyes to your glory and your goodness and your greatness. May you be praised today and may this people be blessed as we share a meal together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, they are working diligently and this will be a table spread for kings and queens. This is going to be a good one. I think we've got just about the best cooks in Genesee County. I mean, we've got some good ones. At least one. And they're working right now. And so you all just fellowship together. We're going to hear one more song.
and uh, and then we'll get ready to eat.